Hey, guess who just busted out of COVID jail? It's your boy. <laughs> it sure feels good to be out of quarantine. I preached the message last week from my bathroom, and that gravely concerned my three-year-old niece. So, Adley, if you are watching, you can see that I'm in the church building. We're in the Lord's Corner, 105 East Stewart Drive. But no one else is except for Alexis, who is with me today. She's being my helper and she turns 14 years old today, so let's hear a big happy birthday for my daughter, Alexis. Hey, happy birthday. And there's nobody here. Hopefully somebody will be here very soon. COVID and the flu are rampant in our area. Hoping we can be back to in-person services pretty soon. Time's going to tell them that. So how are you doing with your New Year's resolutions? You still exercising? You still eating better? How about that habit? You swore you were going to quit this year. What about um, still reading your Bible every day? By now, it's probably gotten a little harder, a little more difficult. Why is it that when we try to do the right thing, when we try to make positive changes in our lifestyle, there's something that resists it, something pushes against our good intentions? We know we really should forgive people, but there's something in this that makes them want to pay. There are times when we know we should keep our mouth shut, but we end up saying things. Things just come right out of our mouth, things that we regret. We know we should make better choices for our health, but man, does that Wendy's double bacon cheeseburger with extra pickles sound so good. And yes, I would like to make that combo a large. Thank you very much for asking, even though I'm totally going to regret this when it hits my bloodstream and I feel like garbage. It seems like we have to work harder to do the right thing while the wrong thing comes naturally. What's up with that? Do we have like an evil twin that takes over and makes bad decisions for us? Well, we kind of do. There's a spiritual battle inside every believer. And I'm not just talking about the epic battle of Jesus versus the devil for your eternal soul. You know, that's a real thing. But I'm talking about here the battle that begins after you've trusted in Jesus. After you've taken that step of faith. That, that decision to make Jesus your Savior is, in some part, a declaration of war. Before you're saved, the darkness has all the control. When you trust in Jesus, it's a declaration of independence. And don't you know the darkness is going to fight to get its power back? So the biggest enemy, this is interesting, the biggest enemy is not necessarily the devil or anything out there. For believers, the biggest enemy is often the inner me. There are forces battling it out inside of us two natures that are opposed to one another kind of like a good twin and an evil twin even the greatest heroes of the faith have experienced this battle and that included paul paul was one of the most prominent leaders in the first generation of jesus followers and he wrote a letter to some believers in the city of rome that has been preserved in our new testament as the book of Romans, the epistle to the Romans. So we're going to study today Romans chapter 7, verses 15 through 25. It's one of my most favorite Bible passages that deals with internal conflict. 
The wording of the passage is a little difficult in some translations, so we're going to keep it super simple, use a very simple plain-spoken translation. And we're going to begin by reading a verse, and then we'll pray for the Lord to help us understand. So this is Romans 7, 15. It begins like this. I don't really understand myself. Um, don't really understand myself, for I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. We'll stop there and pray. Heavenly Father, please help us to begin to understand ourselves. These, this battle that is inside of us, that we might have the victory, that this year might truly be a different year. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so have you noticed that some folks have a gift for making conversation, for polite conversation? My wife is one of these people. You'd have a hard time getting her up here on this stage to give a speech to a crowd, but she has this incredible magic for one-on-one -on -one conversation. If you talk to her for about five minutes, you'll figure out very quickly why I fell in love with her. She's such a sweetheart, but don't you fall in love with her. She's spoken for. Me, on the other hand, I'm kind of the opposite. I'm pretty comfortable talking to crowds, but... When I'm headed into a social situation, I really have to coach myself up. You, you, maybe some of you know what I'm talking about. That, that pre-social event pep talk, okay? kind of goes like, okay, Michael, okay, buddy, you can do this. Don't be awkward. Don't overshare. Don't go off on some tangent about some obscure topic that nobody cares about. Basically, don't make it weird. Just do that, okay, buddy? Just don't make it weird. But do you know what I do every single time? I make it weird. I always have to make it weird. Maybe you don't have that same experience, you social butterfly you, but I bet you have some times when you want to behave or think in a certain way, but you find yourself doing the opposite, right? You, you want to keep your cool, but you lose your temper. You want to forgive and let things go, but those old feelings keep coming back. You want to have faith that things are going to work out, that God's got this, but you worry. You want to make good health choices, but the temptations get the best of you. You, you don't want to hurt or push away the most important people in your life, but in the heat of the moment you do things and say things, you regret. Mm, we could keep adding to that list, couldn't we? And uh, there's plenty of things that we've done that leave us thinking, mm, did I do that? Like Paul said, we know how we want to act, but we find ourselves acting how we don't want to act. Even doing things we hate when I lose my temper with my kids, I hate it. When the old bitterness comes back, I hate it. When I say something hurtful, when I'm stressed or under pressure, I hate it. Do you know anything about that struggle? The struggle of trying to do the right thing, but something seems to be fighting against your good intentions? Are we just imagining that battle? No, we are not. It's a part of the spiritual conflict that is inside us. Paul elaborates that on that in the verses that follow. This is verse 16. But if I know what I am doing is wrong, this shows that I agree that the law 
is good. So I am not the one doing wrong. It is sin living in me that does it. And I know that nothing good lives in me that is in my sinful nature. I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. But if I do what I don't want to do, I'm not really the one who is wrong or doing wrong. It is sin living in me that does it. Mm, a lot of stuff there. Good news, if you're frustrated when you do the wrong thing, it's a sign that you know what is right. It's a sign that you agree that God's way of doing things is the right way. The fact that you're even trying to push against the natural inclination to do what is wrong is a very good thing. Paul says there are two natures inside every believer. The spiritual nature and the sinful nature. The, the uh, We would say the, the, they are also called the flesh and the spirit. Or in other words, the, the flawed mortal part of our, our being and the redeemed immortal part of our being. Or to use terminology that's a little more familiar, the dark side and the light side. But we need to understand, it goes so much more, it's so much deeper than two aspects of one personality. These are two fundamentally separate natures. We are, are talking about things that are so opposed to one another. There's the, the side that loves Jesus and the side that loves sin and selfishness. The spiritual person you want to be and, bum bum bum, the evil twin. The spirit pulls us towards righteousness and purity. The flesh pulls us in the other direction. But it's usually pretty sneaky about it. The wrong thing often feels like the right thing at the moment. At the moment, it feels pretty good to give somebody the chewing out we think they deserve. But it's going to damage that relationship. And you're going to say, well, I don't really care about that particular relationship. Okay, that's fine. But understand, it's going to damage your reputation. If you make a habit of using your words as weapons, there will be splatter damage. In the moment, it seems like telling a white lie will get you out of trouble. But how many times has a little dishonesty grown into something terrible and destructive in the end? In the moment, it might seem like a great idea to steal that fluffy dog that you saw at the park but that is actually a crime and if you do that you will be a criminal maybe you've heard that catchphrase come to the dark side we have cookies but it turns out those cookies aren't chocolate chip they're oatmeal raisin who likes oatmeal raisin somebody's sitting in their chair right now saying well i like oatmeal raisin okay bad example but you do get what I'm saying, there's a bait and a switch. Sin promises one thing, but it gives you something else. You might wonder, why do we even have these struggles if we're saved? Especially somebody like Paul, who was so grounded in his faith. Did even Paul have an evil twin, so to speak? Well, I wish I could tell you that we can just press the magic Jesus button and never struggle with temptation or sin ever again, but it, it just doesn't work that way when you trust in jesus you are forever saved from the penalty of sin you have the victory over sin death and the devil and when we get to heaven we're going to fully experience that victory but here on earth 
the battle rages on. The front line in the war is inside you, in your heart, in your mind. There's always going to be temptations to do the wrong thing. The sin nature will try to drag you down. Paul said something interesting. Maybe this will give us some hope. If we're trying to resist doing the wrong thing, trying to do the right thing, and we fail, it really isn't us. It's the sin nature in us. Well, does that mean that anytime we do something wrong, we can just shift the blame? I was trying to be good, but I got a little touch of the devil in me, and that's what went wrong. No, no, this isn't excusing behavior. This is acknowledging where it comes from. The battle between good and evil is not somewhere out there. It is in us. Until we understand that, mm, we don't have a chance. So let's read a little more. Verse 21 says, I have discovered this principle of life that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. I love God's law with all my heart, but there is another power within me that is with, at war with my mind, the power that makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me. Mm. Paul said that he discovered a principle, something that could be tested and proven. Despite his love for God and for the truth, another power was fighting against him. It's the sin nature, the flesh, the evil twin. It tries to make a slave of us. Funny thing about human beings, we consider indulging ourselves, indulging our temptations to be some kind of freedom. In reality, it is slavery. The problem with giving in to your temptations is it becomes easier to give in next time. And before long, the temptation is in control, not you. Sin promotes itself as freedom, but it always ends in slavery. Paul is so sick of this that he cries out in frustration. Let's read that in verse 24. He says, oh, what a miserable person that I am who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death. And the, the old King James Bible that I grew up with, love that, that translation, it, it puts it, so eloquently, it puts it like this, O oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from this body of death? <sighs> let me put a little more, uh, let me put that a little more on my level. If it was me, I might have said, Lord have mercy, who's going to get me out of this mess? Paul was not okay with the darkness in his life. He was not okay with the evil twin, so often calling the shots. So what about you does it bug you when you're trying to live right but you go wrong does it frustrate you that's actually a good thing if it doesn't bother you that's a problem fighting the battle against the sin nature is a sign of spiritual life that there's spiritual life present in you being a christian is is more than just checking the box on a form or making a claim. It's more than just saying, I'm a Christian. It's more than just showing up at a church service now and then or trying to keep the rules. Or Being a Christian is fundamentally a relationship with Jesus Christ. It means living a new life following his teachings. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. One of the best evidences that you really are redeemed is how you feel about it when you do something that is out of step with the teaching and values of Jesus. In other words, 
How do you feel about it when you sin? When temptation gets the best of you, does it bother you? Do you wish you could be free from your sin? The closer you get to Jesus, the more uncomfortable you will become with violating the truth he teaches. If you can go against the teaching of Jesus and it doesn't make you feel uncomfortable, boy, that's a problem. Just how uncomfortable should it make us feel? Well, click here to learn the shocking truth. (laughs) Paul says, who will set me free from this body of death? There might be more to that phrase than meets the eye. Paul wrote this letter to believers in the city of Rome. The Romans had a legend about a king who was so evil that when his army captured an enemy, they would torture the captive by tying them face to face with a dead body. Death would spread from the corpse to the living. Ooh, ooh, my mama would say, that'll give you the heebie-jeebies. Mm. Some scholars think Paul is alluding to this legend as he writes to the Romans. He describes the sin nature as this dead thing that he is tied to. If we can ever understand how deadly sin is, we would also cry out with Paul, who will save me? Who will set me free? Paul answers his own question in verse 25. It goes like this. He says, thank God the answer is in Jesus Christ our Lord. Can I get a witness? See how you, so you see how it is. In my mind, I really want to obey God's law, but because of the sinful nature, I'm a slave to sin. Who will deliver us from the destruction of our sin nature? Thank God, it's Jesus Christ, our Lord. Who wins the victory over death? Jesus. Who wins the victory over the darkness? Jesus. Who wins the victory over the evil twin of the sin nature? It's Jesus One more story I want to tell you. It's an old one, but it's worth hearing again. Many years ago, there was a man who gave his life to Jesus. And soon after, he began to notice the battle inside of him, right? The the darkness and the light, the flesh and the spirit, the evil twin and the good twin. He tried to explain it to a friend, and he put it like this. He said it was like there were two dogs inside of him, a black dog and a white dog, and they were always fighting. The black dog tried to get him to follow the old ways of selfishness and chasing his own desires. The white dog tried to get him to live for God and chase after righteousness. The two dogs fought all day, every day, trying to get the upper hand. His friend asked him, which dog usually wins the fight? And the man said, the one I feed the most. If you're a believer, those same two dogs, they're fighting inside of you. If you want the spirit to win in the struggle over the flesh, you need to feed the spirit. How do you do that? Seek the Lord in prayer and in the Bible and in the fellowship of other believers. Seek to live by the teaching of Jesus and pray for the help of the Holy Spirit. You can't do it in your own strength. If you don't feed the white dog... If you don't feed the spiritual nature, it's going to grow weak and the darkness will start to get more and more control in your life. And I don't care who you are and how long you've been a Christian. If you do not feed your spirit, it's going to lead to trouble. 
feed the spirit, feed the white dog, but starve the black dog. Don't feed that dark part. Don't consume media or entertainment that moves you farther away from what is good and godly. When you're tempted to follow desires you know aren't what God wants for you, resist it. Cry out to Jesus. You might have to say, Lord, help me. And you might physically have to run away. There's some temptations that the Word of God tells us to flee from. And that might mean literally getting up and running out the door. Be sure there is a way to do the right thing. The Word of God tells us there's always a way of escape. If you know you have situations that bring out the worst in you, you can pray and make a plan for that ahead of time. You don't necessarily have to put yourself in that position. And if you cannot avoid it, you can make sure you're equipped to fight that fight. Above all else, you must put your trust in Jesus and be saved. Until then, there's only one dog in the fight. The darkness has full control. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and he's the only way to God, and he's the only way to live a truly good life. This battle that is inside you, it's tough. It's tough for me, it's tough for you, it's tough for all of us, but it's worth fighting. It is worth fighting the fight to do the right thing. Yep, we've got that evil twin to deal with. We've got that sin nature that's in us, but it won't always be that way. Someday we'll be with the Lord in heaven, and it won't be like that anymore. We'll be totally redeemed even from that sin nature. But in the meantime, keep on fighting the good fight, brother. Keep on fighting the good fight, sister. It's worth it. God bless you guys. Thank you for sharing this time with me. Don't know when I'll get to see you in person. I hope it is very soon because I do miss you very much. I feel so much better. Thank you for your prayers for me and my wife. We feel so much better. I'm sure I'll look a lot better than I did last week when I shot the video. So uh, next time I see you, I'm going to have a smile on my face because I'll be so happy to be in your presence. God bless you guys. Hope you have a wonderful day. May the Lord be with you. Keep on fighting that evil twin, and we'll see you next time.